Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Archery Shack Shop Talk Podcast. This is number 32. Two. I'm Jeremy. I'm TJ. We're back again, closing in on a year of podcasts. I'm going to adjust this, and it might bump around a little bit. That wasn't bad. It's crazy. We've been doing these almost a year. It won't be long. I mean, this is crazy. <clears throat> Thank you all for listening. I yep. can't believe people listen to us, <laughs> but we get a lot of feedback about what to talk about and keep them going, so we will. Um, we are in some wild times right now. We'll talk about that later. Hopefully, everybody's feeling well. Um, before we get too far down the road, though, and start our questions and stuff, we got our product of the week. And it is the Trophy Ridge Hitman Stabilizers. We started carrying them about two years ago. Um, so the long story short is they're very affordable and they come with a lot of hardware. They come with quick disconnects in the package. They also come with colored bands so you can actually change the color of the stabilizer. Yep. And like here in the shop, <clears throat> we've got six and eight inch models and we've got some packages that come with the back bars and all the back bar mounts and all that. So like for the price, it's hard to beat. I'm going to put yeah. a, I'm going to put a link down in the description as I've been doing here lately. If you need one, check them out. We'd appreciate it. it uh, if you buy one, it helps the channel out so we can buy fancy stuff uh, like microphones and stuff. But anyway, uh, the Hitman stabilizers, we put them on bows and <clears throat> you know, it's a carbon bar. It's got a little rubber doohickey on the end of it. Like most of them do now and uh it does just, have some weights that come with it too yeah can, i can't remember how many ounces is on there it's got some weights to play with i just think the big thing is you can change the color of it the way it comes you got a yellow blue orange red purple and green flow green and uh you got the weights and the quick disconnect you know usually yeah. a quick disconnect by itself is like 20 bucks 25 bucks and this whole package is like 50 to 60 bucks for mm -hmm. the most part so i mean it's it's a good good deal thought we'd talk about them i've been i had it on my bear bow i hunted with last year i think you did too i did i ran I was, a set i was real happy with them i was too so check them out check out the link and we'll is there are we still recording do you see the red light i see the red light all right i'm just checking i'm just checking <laughs> i didn't see it from over here we've had the camera stop before and we've talked for 20 minutes and then been like, ooh, we just missed it all. Yeah. But anyway, that's our product of the week. Check out our link below. Um, hopefully, y'all are having a good week. And we are getting through all this corona mess. Um, I've never seen anything like it. I hadn't either. It's it's something else. But we'll, we'll skip all that talk because y'all heard enough of it. And we'll jump right into our questions and answers. One thing, if you hadn't been watching our live Thursday feed, uh, this past week we did the bow maintenance one. Every week we're trying to come up with new ideas on what we can do without having to move around too much because we, we wear microphones. And if we, that first week we moved around and there was a lot of crazy noises going on. But yeah, um, pretty fun thing we do on Thursday nights at 630. So we'll keep doing those. And uh, it's neat because we can interact with y'all in real time, even if it's not about you know what we're particularly talking about. You know, you can ask questions and we can do it in real time. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, it is. Also, don't forget to keep sending in questions for the podcast. Yep. Um, you can email us. You can text them, 843-560-9898. Or you can send them to me at tj at archershack.com. Send them to T-Bob. Uh, 
and then you can comment. Most people just comment on the YouTube video. That's fine. Yep. So that will be good. Oh, speaking of live stuff, on this week's live, we're going to announce another giveaway. So stay tuned for that. And if you can't watch it live, that's fine. It'll post afterwards, so you can watch it after it after it posts. But yep. We'll jump into our questions. All right. First one comes in from DLR. <clears throat> you ready for some go down memory lane, I reckon? Oh, Lord. Can you guys do a little history lesson on history lesson on how y'all two ended up in business? What was Bucks and Bass? And did y'all have other jobs before archery became your full-time operation? We should do like a complete <laughs> podcast on this, but we'll keep it short and sweet yeah. just to answer the question. Um, we go way back, way back yeah. to elementary school. We, yeah, so me and TJ went to school together, and then when I was, I guess, uh, really, I was honestly 10 years old, <clears throat> um, archery just kind of bit me. I mean, but from the time I was 10 to 12, I was learning a lot, and uh, I guess my dad, by the time I was 12, was like, this dude kind of knows what he's doing and he's a kid or whatever so he builds me a little shop at, at my parents house and uh i mean it was crazy i had a lot of customers back then and uh then he he ended up the next year building on so i had a like a 15 by 32 shop and it had even had an upstairs too and that's uh kind of how i got started and then uh i mean you got me into it probably mid late 90s mid late 90s and then a store in town opened up well they broke ground they put the sign up first and everybody was in the, at the local clubs and stuff was like there's some archery store opening so once they started building the building i stopped in and talked to them <clears throat> and uh anyway it was so they named it bucks and bass hang on our microphones are acting up here okay so they named it i'm just going not worry about that they named it bucks and bass and uh so they hired i was actually the uh first employee they hired me about three weeks before the store opened and uh i was still just a teenager or whatever so you know i was kind of stocking stuff and doing this and that well once it opened it didn't take but a couple weeks and uh i was and i still am I'm, i was always the I'm not, I don't like tooting my own horn, you know what I mean? I even feel like I'm kind of tooting my horn talking about this, but a couple weeks in, um, people were bringing bows in, and I was just kind of staying in the background. They knew I knew some about bows, but again, I'm just a teenager. Well, a lot of, they, they hadn't really, they the people that opened it had bow hunted, but not really worked on bows, you know, so they kind of w- didn't know how to fix some stuff, and just random stuff like that. I'd already been making strings since I was like, I guess I started when I was 12 and nobody locally knew how to do it. It wasn't, you know, no internet type stuff. So I just would take old bowstrings and take them apart. Literally hours and hours and hours. And finally I figured out how, um, like a zebra string was put together back then. And I was like, I can do this. So we, my dad built me, I've still got it. It's up in the attic of the shop here, but my dad built me my first string jig. And, uh, that's how I got started building strings, taking them apart, figuring out how they were made couple local guys that would order me material they were like we don't really know how they're made but we can get you the material and uh i gotta fix this mic real quick 
Okay, our stuff's being touchy today. Um, so anyway, that's how that started. So um, and then <clears throat> I need to do a we need to do a some kind of video on this whole shebang. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had this shop at my dad's house, my parents' house. Went to work at Bucks and Bass. Bucks and Bass was a big store for this town. You know, it had a indoor range. We had a digital indoor range as well. Guns, fishing, archery, um, clothing. You know, pretty much a a small, small Cabela's or Bass Pro yeah. Shop. And I remember when they call. I had already they'd already hired me, but three weeks they said we'll call you when we get enough stuff and get ready for you, whatever. So three weeks before we open, they called me, come on up here, help us get everything set up. And I walked in, and I mean they had. God, like they had it was started with high country PSC and Matthews and there was probably no less than uh, probably a little over 100 bows on the wall and I was like oh man this is you know because I'm I, I'm going from working on neighbors bows and I had acquired a few a few used bows and resold them and all that but nothing major and then like I say so anyway we get a couple weeks in they don't know how to fix some stuff I end up kind of sne- not being uh assertive but fixing it and then it, it don't take but a couple months and they're like you obviously know this way more than we do you're the man so i'm i'm 15 16 years old at this point and they say run the archery department you know and this is a this is like a three quarters of a million dollar deal at this point uh so and at the time i guess i didn't i just i knew what i was doing I didn't think twice about it. I never really, we never never really got into the partying scene. You know what I mean? I feel like I went from about 10, 11 years old to straight work, work, but, uh, adulthood, I guess you yeah, say. Which I, I'm fine with that. But, uh, yeah, me too. Anyway. So Bucks and Bass was open about seven and a half years and then the owners got a divorce and just the economy was bad and it closed down and I was just burnt out you know, from archery then. And, uh, cause I came in probably the last two years that the store was open. Yeah. And I remember I, I'd actually took a job with a school district <coughs> in maintenance and I was still working there on sat on the weekends and stuff. But, you know, I kind of seen the writing on the wall that, yeah. okay, it, this is getting bad. So, yeah. So I, um, Bucks and Bass clothes. I went and got a surgical tech degree, worked in the hospital and for a few years, and then um, for really about three or four years there, didn't do a whole lot of archery. I still had some people. At Bucks and Bass was closed. I'd still, I still had the uh, open building at my parents' house, so people would call me. I'd go over there and fix stuff occasionally, but not much. You know what I mean? I was just kind of burnt out. We didn't really shoot. Uh, I worked in the hospital, and then they, um, some colleges came through and decided to hire me uh to teach surgical technology and that was cool and then they um i guess they really liked me because they made me the program director and all this stuff so i did that for a few years and then that leads us up to this shop i was pretty there was a lot of people calling me at that point like there's nobody around working on stuff you know you know your stuff whatever so i'm like well so at that point i was I was program director for surgical technology over in Greenville full time. But then in the evenings I'd come out here and work on bows and make strings. And we had a little bit of inventory, but I didn't want to get, I didn't want to jump in too deep. I just wanted to kind of test the the market. So we, we, when I bought this property, this shop was here, but it was just a metal shell, 40 or a 
40 by 40 metal shell no nothing you know so we we put up the walls and insulated it and ran ac and heat and lights and the whole nine yards so it's the whole story of the blood sweat and tears but anyways that that was uh 2013 and then i knew at that point um i need to get back in archery full time you know everybody this is just what's meant to be or whatever so 2015 i told uh, the college i work for i said i want to go part-time i will i'll stay until you can find somebody to replace me and then i'm gonna go part-time and then i'm i, I may or may not stay here and uh i ended up staying about another year and a half and then i left from doing that and i do miss doing that but uh anyway and then tj You've been here, is it going on two years? I think we're past the two years. Okay. I think it's going on three. But, you know, I've always been in and out on weekends or whenever I could. Yeah, TJ is still working full-time school district, um, coming in on the weekends and helping. And then we kind of started chatting about what can we do to get TJ here full-time. And then it worked out to get him here full-time a couple of years ago. And pretty much here we are. Yep. So, uh, and then we really hit back got back to shooting 2013 2014 time frame <clears throat> and then uh you know in my head i kind of knew what i wanted to do out here i wanted to have we got woods and all i wanted to make sure we could have 3d shoots i wanted to make sure i could shoot out to 100 yards and have that set up with bag targets um you know the whole nine yards and then strings have always been a big part of it so yeah we've never really quit making strings um i initially out here had my cousin helping me he got laid off from his job, <clears throat> and uh, then Robert helped me, and then now TJ, and then we got Jackie and John and Mikey, and we got a bunch of people helping us now. But um, so it's pretty cool. I think part of the cool thing about this shop is, and again, I don't like toot my own horn, but I know how to play the internet. You know what I mean? Like we sell a lot of strings on the internet, and we also do a good business locally, but when it's the slow time, you know, I can push strings on the internet harder and it keeps everybody busy. So it's not like, oh, yeah. it's not like it's me and TJ. And then for three months out of the year, we freak out and we're either way behind or we have to bring extra help, but it's only for two or three months. So we keep everybody out here rolling. So that really, that really helps out a lot doing those online, but in strings, we need to do another podcast just on strings, but it's come so far, you know, my first jig to now we've got all this pneumatic mechanical stuff that yeah. automatically twists and stretches and measures and i mean just all kinds of stuff but i mean we hadn't reached a level yet of actually having machines that lay lay the strings yeah. out and everything for so yeah. <laughs> i've i've played with that idea but i just don't think the to keep the quality we want to keep i want to keep it about kind of where we're at you know yeah. what I mean? we, you get over you get over seven or eight people involved and it starts to me it starts kind of you can't keep an eye on everything, you know what I yeah. mean? So, but anyway, that's sort of our story in a nutshell. We'll, we'll probably maybe one day do a whole podcast and just take a trip down memory lane. But, that's right. Um, but it's been fun. It, I mean, oh man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Though. Lots of lots of changes, bow wise, in those twenty couple years, yep. and um, just all sorts of stuff. But I need to find. I've, I've been thinking for years. I need to make a video, but I don't even know. If I, I initially started in the back of my dad's shop. He had a big workbench, and he was like, all right, this is yours. And that's when, like, all, all like the neighbors and just word of mouth would come out there and get their bows fixed. And we welded up a bow press, old school, 
I need to find pictures of that if they exist. And then I know I've got pictures of when he built the shop and then added on to it and all that stuff. But uh, anyway, cool stuff. Yep. All right. This one, I'm going to go ahead and the guy asked this question, but we'll talk for a minute, but let's save it for a live feed that we're planning on doing about the same subject. But any advice on a site set up for tack? My HHA is good to 80 yards, assuming I'm going to need to run a light setup, air setup. Going to try to go to the Tennessee tack, and this is from Grunman69. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do a live. We've been talking about doing a live feed on like our tack setup because people tack setup to me is almost like a field setup, uh, but you got to walk a lot more. So like you want a skinny arrow because you're going to be shooting you know, 100 plus yards, but yeah. you also don't want a whole lot of crap on your bow because you're going to be walking your butt off. Yeah. And we even had straps and stuff, you know, slings on our bows last year. Um, yeah, maybe we'll just devote a whole live feed maybe even me in like may but right before we go yeah to that and show everybody i mean that hha's got i mean if he runs a little bit lighter setup he should be able to get the yardage out of it oh, easy yeah. so and another trick is you know i had a guy i have several guys they'll need to shoot out to whatever yardage and they'll run out of room like on an hha and i'll say all right here's here's what you can do aim with the top of your bubble level you know what i mean like go run down your pen and see where that ends up at. Because I know Robert couldn't make it out for a field shoot to whatever it was. Yep. And it ended up the top of his level was perfect at whatever yardage we were trying to hit. So we'll talk about that more. Just stay tuned. Yep. Stay tuned. Um, short versus long ATA. What do you prefer? And this comes in from the 724. Short and long ATA is like the way I describe it to people is like if I take this pencil sitting here. And I try to torque it back and forth is real easy to do. But if I take an arrow that's a lot longer than that and try to torque it back and forth, it takes a lot more effort to move it and it's not going to move around as quickly. That's the difference in a short and long riser. You know what I mean? So the good thing is shorter ATA bows now have long, long, long risers, way longer. I mean, I remember like the SQ2, I think had a 16 inch riser on a 31 inch bow. The limbs were like half of it because they were so big. And that joker was all over the place. Yeah. But then you take something like a VXR28 or a Trix or whatever, and the riser is way long, and those little limbs come back, and it's not as bad. But still, if you compare that to, say, a 33- or 35-inch bow, there's a noticeable difference. Even when we shot video, I think it was on a Trix, me and you both went out there, and at, like, 60 yards, there was a noticeable, yeah. like, damn it, I'm having, to fi- I'm having to really concentrate where we normally wouldn't have to because yeah. this thing's wanting to – move a lot so um i'm the longer the better but you know if it's according to what you're doing if you're hunting i don't want to go over 35 and then if you're tournament shooting according to what you're doing like to me 37 is a good 3d number 37 is a good all-around number but i've got the 39 inch bow mainly because prime don't make a 37 right now and it is a bit much sometimes it's great for like indoor but i sometimes when i'm lugging it around i'm like damn it should have just had a 35 but Maybe they'll come out with a 37. But it's just preference. Yep. All right. Next one comes in from the 612. Main drawbacks of a whisker biscuit. The biscuits actually are pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Uh, still sell a lot of them, still work on a lot of them. 
I'd say the main drawback would be a longer distance or a, a novice shooter because with it, you know, sort of grabbing your arrow, a little flinch is really going to be magnified versus a drop away that's not touching it, you know, and it's still both ways going to affect your shot, but with it around the arrow, and it's not like it's a super tight fit, but no. Um, and I, you know, you can look up what is it, the pig man. We had a video used to come on in here. He shoots shooting at a hundred yards and and grouping them with a biscuit I don't, yeah. I don't have any trouble with the biscuit as far as you know i don't try to talk nobody into it or out of it it's, it's a great rest for hunting so maybe and this is what when they first come out the biggest drawback was is now they've they've redesigned them since when they first come out the bristles yeah. were so stiff yeah. that it would pull your fletching off or it would wrinkle them and of course you do lose like what two feet per second at the most it's according to like used to with a four inch vein you could lose seven or eight feet per second now with a blazer it's only a couple feet per second and if not many people shoot a feather but with a feather it's not much at all but Mm -hmm. um, i wish people would still shoot feathers because out of a biscuit you know they lay back it don't which i mean it don't mess with a blazer either i remember when they when the biscuit came out four inch veins were the thing and it would wrinkle them all up you know it'd be all wavy looking or it peeled the front of it up, and we'd have to dot the front of them. Yeah. So that's that's just the biggest drawback that I've seen. But, you know, like I said, that's been, what, 10, 15 yeah. years ago? You know, so the new, the original biscuit was solid, no hole, no way to put your air in except from the back, stiff. Then they came out with one with the notch in it, so you slide your air in. Then they started coming out with them where the stiffest bristles are just on the bottom. Yep. Um, and now they got the, we hadn't even, have we got any in yet? The new fancy one? Uh-uh, we hadn't got any new ones in yet. I guess they're behind making them because we ordered them in like November, but they got the new biscuit that's got like three separate bristles and you adjust it and I, yep. don't, I don't know much about it other than we've seen it a couple times, but <laughs> yeah, we'll that's see. about it. We'll see. All right. Next one comes in from the 643, it looks like. What companies are closed for Corona? Hmm. A lot, to be honest. Um, oh, let me think. <clears throat> well, Prime reached out to me this week, I guess it was, versus this week, and said Michigan was ordered ordered to shelter in place and essential businesses or whatever, and they're going to be closed until April 15th. So I think Bayer was Bayer Bayer. emailed yesterday, the day before. They're gone till mid April. Matthews, literally, right before we fired up. I seen where Matthews posted there till April twenty fourth. So several. Um mm-hmm. I think BCY is out. Didn't I see Elite was Elite was closed down too? They're in New York, so probably. Yeah. I didn't but a lot of people, so the only thing that's gonna suck is people and we got one guy right now and I feel bad, but he's got a bow ordered from Prime and they said they said as soon as we get back it'll be one of the first out, but we can't go back till they say we, we can. Yeah. So I don't think you know, it ain't nobody's fault. It's no. just, it sucks, you know. And I've seen where some people had posted that they had some Matthews bows ordered from different places, and they were telling them now there's going to be a little bit of a delay. But And then I'm sure there's plenty more than that. That's just what I know of and have, have read about. But Yeah. Uh, corona. Mm. All right. Next one is from the 910. Any advantage of aluminum over carbon? That's a pretty good one. I'd still like to set up an old school aluminum hunting arrow bow with like some twenty three fourteens and a hundred and twenty five grain tip. 
but um so aluminum <clears throat> typically especially the, the xx78 models uh the 78 series aluminum or whatever they are super straight i'm talking about you can spin them on a spine tester or whatever and the needle won't move you know but even carbons came a long way you know they're three four thousandths and straighter now when you actually check them not just what's on the box uh, but, but aluminums don't like crack like carbons they're they're got more tensile strength uh, the only thing about aluminum is and this takes several years like many many moon but they do say that aluminum crystallizes and it can change the spine of it over the course of you know several years like a long time but uh, as far as advantage of aluminum over carbon they are for the most part straighter and you ain't got to worry about them like cracking and blowing up and going in your arm but there's not many aluminum arrows out there anymore i mean you got like the fmj that's both but as far as like people shooting straight up aluminum other than indoors not really mm. not really i mean i can't even remember well i had a guy he brought in an older bow today yeah, that's when we see it people bring in old old bows out of the closet yeah and it'll have aluminum but as far as us selling aluminum nah. i couldn't tell you the last time i seen an aluminum shaft for sale anywhere in a store or anything but yeah back in the day bucks and bass um we had i don't know 20 or 30 dozen aluminums this would have been 2001 when we opened and not many people wanted them so we ended up i, I kept like 2213s Still, a bunch of rednecks was wanting to shoot 2117s. I kept a few sizes in stock, but it was obvious carbon was the way to go. And then, you know, a few years later, no aluminum. So I remember we taking the aluminum shafts and some of them and cutting them down for crossbow bolts because everybody still shot aluminum out of crossbows. Yeah, I forgot about that. Now, I don't even know if you can get aluminum crossbow bolts. I think you can get some cheap ones. Yeah. And crossbows were such a different thing then. Uh, yeah, a whole lot different than what they are now. But, yeah, aluminum. Like I say, I'd love to set up an old-school hunting setup, you know, even go, like, with a Thunderhead or a Muzzy or something like that, Twenty big air, a big 2314, 125 on about a 72-, 74-pound bow just for old time's sake and go whack a deer. But I don't know. We just don't hear much about it anymore. Nope. All right. The next one comes in from the seven seven zero. How can, how can I increase speed on my older Matthews? Um, you know, there's the easy stuff like you know you shoot a lighter arrow, it speeds your bow up, but you can only go as light as about five grains per pound. You increase your weight, it speeds it up. I'm just going over the basics first. Um, you increase your draw weight, you increase your draw length, but of course you don't want to do that if it fits you. Um, you know, then there's little stuff like you could shoot feathers and you'll get two or three or four feet per second extra. If you're shooting a biscuit, you could go to a drop away and get two, three, four feet per second. Um, even like he said, older Matthews, if it's got a cable, yeah. if it's got a cable rod, you could switch to a Teflon slide and get two or three feet per second versus the factory. Um, I'm just try, you know, according to what, if you got string silencers on the string, and you can take them off without it being loud. That'll give you some feet per second. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, peep sight. If you're really getting down to the nitty-gritty, I think it's octane makes a carbon peep sight. You know, you could decrease the weight of your peep sight and gain a few feet per second. 
And that's just some of the random stuff. I mean, there's if your strings and cables are old, you know, put a new set on there, and you'll probably gain a few feet per second. Just I'm just throwing out random stuff that's coming to mind. But uh, the biggest thing would be lighter arrow, more draw weight, but you don't want to make it loud either. So yep. just according to – we'd have to know more about the setup. All right. Next one is from the 617. Disadvantages of buying a used bow. We see a lot of bow swapping these days because of Facebook and Archery Talk and eBay and Amazon and all this stuff. But um, the bad thing is you don't get the warranty that comes with the bow. So it's sort of a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Gamble. Mm-hmm. But – it's it's going to be in your favor, you know what I mean? Nine times out of ten or, or 99 out of 100 times, you're not going to have any trouble with a bow, you know what I mean? But if you do, let's say a limb cracks, just random number, you're going to be in, you know, 150, 200 bucks to get that fixed. And that's pretty much the main thing that I'd be worried about. Um, so, you know, I, the thing that scares me about all this Facebook swapping is you can't physically look at the bow and once you got it, it'd be a sort of a mess to try to return it and get your money back and all that. But if you can physically look at the bow, you know, and look at the limbs and look at whatever. We have people coming here a lot, and, I mean, we don't charge them anything, but they'll be like, hey, I want to buy this bow. Can I meet a guy there? And y'all just give it a look look over. We'll give you a few bucks. I'm like, don't worry about it because we'll end up, you know, we'll set it up for them or sell them something. But the main thing is the limbs. I'll put it on the drawboard. Of course, if you ain't got that, definitely want to pull it back make sure there ain't no craziness going on. Yep. And then I'll eyeball the cams and make sure like it hadn't been dry fired and the cams are warped or something. And uh but anyway, that's pretty much it. You don't get the warranty. And uh I guess the sort of the workaround according to what company it's from, you know, if you're buying it from the original owner, get their name and then at least you got their name to where if you needed to get parts you might could use their name. I don't know. But yeah. um that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean like you say, not getting that warranty is probably the biggest thing. But and I mean, it's a big deal. But I mean, well, you see, so many people. If you on Facebook, you see it. People are swapping and trading every day, so it's not yeah. that big a deal. Yeah. All right. A next one comes in from the eight six four. Do y'all prefer a cable slide or a roller? I'm a hardcore. I love a cable rod and slide but they're almost extinct so roller it is um i remember when the rollers first came out they had some squeaking issues and i remember when they some of them didn't wasn't made just right and sometimes the cable would want to jump out of the roller just that kind of left and that was a long time ago but um i feel like that slide well i don't feel like i know when that slide slides back it actually gives you more effective let off because that, those cables are not being bound up even more by that roller not moving with that sliding back. Now, there are problems with the cable rod and slide. You know, it can get stuff on it and squeak and do all this stuff, but that's pretty rare. And honestly, there's hardly any trouble with the rollers anymore. The last roller trouble I can remember recently was Obsession sent out a, a buku of bows. We got seven of them. <laughs> yeah, we and did. the rollers would not roll. You could take your finger and roll them, but on the shot, you could put a mark on them and they st- they would not roll and they fixed it but uh so that was a mess but and i've had a couple hoyts come in 
I think it was an, around the nitrum time, and they had a roller, like a flex roller. It would flex out when you drew, and they, it was a really like a fiberglass material that would flex, and they'd come in cracked, and a couple people had to go get replacement parts, and I fixed them. But I just think the slide is easier, you know. Even for us restringing them, we have to, like, pull them through the roller sometimes. It's sort of a pain in the butt. That slide, you just put your cable slide on there and roll with it, but... It's up for debate, but it mostly everybody's went to a roller, so yeah. I, some of your middle price and cheaper bows still have the rod and slide, but that's about it. I was gonna say, who on the high end side, or I'm not gonna say high end, but middle to mid range to high end bows have a cable slide, so, you know, some of like the bears do. Um, and then they got the little arm, I'm just looking at them now, and then. I know some of the Hoyt, the cheaper Hoyts, have still got the rod. I can't remember. Are they running a cable slide on their tournament bow still, or did they finally switch over to the roller? Who's that? Hoyt. Roller. And then like the, they still offer the Matthews Conquest 4. It's got the, the rod. I think some of the cheaper PSCs have the rod. That's about it. But that's all I got. That's it for questions. Y'all send them in. We'll answer them. It'll be cool. We might have a question. Uh-oh. I'm going to put it on here. It just got texted in. It wasn't even meant for the podcast, but somebody said, can you recommend a quality and affordable arrow quiver for a compound bow? Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm going to talk about a couple real quick. Um, the quickie quiver is like old school, good. It's plastic, but you can beat it around, and they're only you know, 30 bucks or whatever they are. Um, my favorite quiver, I think both of our favorite quivers, because we both shot them last year, is that Trophy Ridge Hex-like quiver. And Man. it's got, maybe we'll make it a featured product on one of these, but it's got a button you push, and it'll shine a light out the front of it. So if you're toting your bow in, you got a little green light. Or you can hit another button, and it'll put a dim green light on the arrows. So if it's getting dark, you can see how to get them out. And I think it runs around 70 bucks. Yeah. So it's a, getting a little bit pricier, but still not crazy priced it's a five air quiver and you know i was kind of thinking because it ain't got but three green leds in the top of it that you can actually walk in by so i'm like man this ain't gonna be bright enough to see so i'm like i'm not even gonna take my flashlight with me that i didn't even take my flashlight turned it on and that joker was bright enough that i could see to walk to my stand without any problems and i was kind of like okay it made a believer out of me so but that, i love that hex light now you get into the high end like tight spots and that's you're looking at like 150 dollars plus some of the matthews quivers tight spot tree limb tree limb's got some high-end stuff and then tree has got some cheaper stuff too yeah. but they're super nice you're just getting into a lot of money for something that i take off the bow when i get up there you know the the one I want to look at again or get my hands back on is that new uh, Talon Quiver from Conquest. That thing, I got to get some in here. It's got like a, the, the connect system is different from anything I've ever seen. It's got like, that's why they call it the Talon because it's like a claw and it's tight spring loaded, you know, and it, it grabs on there. I think it runs about 70 bucks-ish. But at the show they had it and they's like, grab this, we got it on this bow grab it by the quiver and just sling it and try to make it fall off and i was like do what i'm over slinging it and the guy grabs it from me and he really slings it he's like it ain't going nowhere and i was like hmm, i'm a customer but uh 
anyway, somebody just texted that in. I thought it'd be funny to add on there. Yep. But quivers, quivers, quivers. Let's talk about Corona and canceled shoots. ASA announced they have now canceled the Texas Pro-Am. So there's another one gone. Uh, Reading got canceled. I think several NFAA things that I'm not up to date with got canceled. Um, I think this stuff needs to go on. This has been a mess. Um, I think really for that, we're right now, it's going to be weird because people are going to listen to this a year down the road and be like, what are they talking about? But we're in the middle of this coronavirus thing. It's middle of, or in toward the end of March. I still think we got a good month of craziness. Stuff shutting down. We're in South Carolina. They hadn't, other than we can't go eat at a restaurant currently, there's nothing crazy happening, you know. All, all the businesses are still open and that sort of thing, but um, I don't know. I, I wrote down a note to talk about archery stuff you could do while being quarantined. We have seen an uptake of interest in archery here lately, I guess because people are at home and shooting and that sort of thing, but, you know, go in your backyard with your kids or whatever and fire off some arrows, and uh, there's a, always people that want to get into uh traditional archery you know you can get one of those samic sages well i did a video on it if you look, type in on our channel samic sage there's a little video but mm-hmm. they're only like 120 130 bucks for a package go out there and just fling some arrows you can even take the wife out there and just be you know it's a recurve you ain't got to do anything fancy just to play and stuff but um it's a good time to kind of get your bow ready for hunting season uh you know if it needs to be waxed or restrung or arrows fletched or whatever and you're just kind of sitting around at home i know a lot of people have been laid off or maybe not laid off but you can't work until they give you the clear so yep just a good time to shoot turkey season's on top of us um april the first so we're right on top of that yep shoot old turkey bird um i seen where our in south carolina our state parks are going to be closed but they're going to supposedly leave the boat ramps open you know so everybody can go fish i thought that was a pretty good idea yeah i'd seen that too uh my little brother they said like two weeks ago that i can't remember where it was but said something about they were shutting down the boat ramps and i'm like mm-hmm. well, how in the world are you gonna shut down the boat ramps yeah, that's the most least crowded place there is i've seen stuff on facebook and it was just somebody trying to start crap. i figured that <clears throat> but uh the old fake news Hopefully y'all are doing, I know different states, some states are, states are really bunkered down, and at this point in time, we're not really that much bunkered down. Um, like I say, just trying to not get in big groups of people. We were going, we canceled a shoot because we sh- we could have had it, but, you know, it's the governor of South Carolina was like, try not to get in groups of three or more and all that. And I didn't want like 50 people to show up and everybody be coming down the road. Oh God, let's call the cops. They're having a gathering. Yeah. But, uh. I'll be glad when it gets back to normal. Me too. It's, it's, uh, I mean, like, it don't bother me personally, um, cause I'm not out and about all that much, but it's, uh, with all these archery companies not shipping stuff temporarily and it's just, you know, a lot of people out of work, that's probably not going to be a good thing in the long run. So no. I think the better, the quicker it can all get going again, the better. And I, honestly, I've been waiting on them to announce South Carolina's doing some sort of a something, but not yet so far. I think New York's bad as far as cases, and I'm sure all the heavily populated areas. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, Corona. Who would have saw this coming? I mean, it was like a month ago, we didn't even hear about it. And then all of a sudden, everybody three going on three weekends ago, it was like Thursday, Friday was kind of some talk about it. And then by Monday, Tuesday, it was like everybody's going wild, you know. Wasn't no bread. Yeah, toilet papers. Yeah, toilet paper. Kind of figure out. I need to order. We've been having to use some of our archery magazines. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yep. But uh, anyway, I'm sure to be back to normal. I'm going to say, i just been going out back and using the hose pipe. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> sorry for the neighbors back here. But, mm. um. No, nah, we ain't been doing that. We got plenty of TP. Maybe but. we should give t- a free roll away with every purchase. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be a funny video. No, nah, I'm just, I know everybody's out there. I know they're tired of hearing about it because pretty much, like, I don't even get on Facebook anymore, hardly. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I'm all the time on Facebook just looking, trying to see what's going on and it's like every post is Corona this, yeah. Corona that. And I'm like, good grief. I said, I'm tired of it. So yeah. I just got off of it. But I'll look at the news like once or twice a day. I just want to make sure there's no South Carolina update going on. And uh, other than that, because I'm tired of hearing about it too. But, it just seems like it's mostly the the old folk are at risk. And I don't know anybody personally that's had it, but I, I've got friends of friends. And they all just said, and they're all middle-aged people said that they were just tired and it was sort of like a flu and it passed away and they didn't pass away but it passed from them in a couple days type thing but sounds like the older folks are the ones to worry about especially if they already got problems but i think that's the flu in general you know what i mean the flu kills a bunch of people every year and it's generally you know people that have weakened immune systems and all this stuff but well, you know, the thing about it is it's starting to warm up like it's what 84 degrees today Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you got, you know, turkey season coming. So be on the lookout for ticks. Ticks is, I got a feeling ticks are going to be bad this year. Yeah. So, you know, you got your coronavirus going on now and tick season. You hear about the Lyme disease. I know two or three people personally that's got Lyme, had Lyme disease, whatever. And it's still one guy in particular. He got it. They didn't know what was going on with him. It took like a month of tests to figure out this joker's got Lyme disease. And he, I forget what all he had to do, but he's, this has been six, seven, eight years ago. He's still having trouble from that. Mm-hmm. And I guess it got, they let it get so bad because they couldn't figure out what was going on with him. But and I know another fellow that had it, uh, and it wasn't that bad. And matter of fact, Freddie Taylor got bit by a tick. And there's some big long name that I can't remember or pronounce, but whatever it transferred to him, and this is no joke, he can no longer eat red meat. If he eats red meat, he said he swells up. And this joke, I mean, he's always been good health. He ain't fat. He ain't skinny. You know, just a good old dude. And uh, so if he eats red meat, like, he can't breathe and all this crazy stuff. Whatever happened to his immune system after the tick bit him. He got at Rocky Mountain spotted fever. That's what he got. And that's what caused this. And uh, I don't know much about all that, but it's something else. So just be careful out there in the turkey woods and if you are somewhere where you can still get out i mean even the people even if you're shooting in your backyard just oh, yeah you know if it's starting getting especially down here in the south it's i got a feeling we got maybe another week or two of this up and down and then i think we're just going to kind of level out yeah. start our early summer yeah it's been pattern. warming up quick here 
But anyway, we'll quit rambling on. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be live Thursday night to talk about another giveaway. Got videos coming out on the Sundays with bow tunings and shootings and all that stuff. So check into that. If you want some of these stabilizers or anything we talked about, look in the description. I'll link it all. And uh, y'all be safe. Stay germ-free. <laughs> and uh, keep your toilet paper stocked. That's right. See y'all later. See y'all.